1: fearscape media network exploring the unknown
0: one podcast at a time
2: the internet could be better than it is today more open private and secure that's why the engineers, system administrators, and designers at NordVPN have spent the last eight years developing a security and privacy tool to bring this vision closer to reality. Today, millions of NordVPN users around the world click the blue Quick Connect button whenever they need online protection. That's a very private club. To join this club, go to fearscapepodcast.com and protect your internet activity today.
0: Something dark is here, flying in the skies, lurking in the woodlands, swimming in the rivers, and hiding under your bed. Join me, Mark L. Watson and Fearscape Media, as we delve into the paranormal, the occult, the spiritual and the esoteric, and peer beyond the veil. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts or search for more information at fearscapemedia.com. Hello. I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from other realms. Ghosts. Cryptids. Aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep. (laughs) The fearscape, fearscape, fearscape.
3: <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fantastically frightening and enlightening episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. That's right. We are here to make you fear. <laughs> my name is Stefan <laughs> Gearhart, and I am the host for the show, and I am joined as always by my brilliant and just fashionably late co-host, Josh Rutledge. What's up, man?
2: I'm doing fantastic, and actually, I was early tonight. I mean, we were, you know, weren't supposed to start till 9
3: Eastern, and I was here at 8.30 Eastern. You were, but I said fashionably late. I mean, that shirt uh, is so 2000 that- late.
2: <laughs> it's Cheers, so it's not like 1980s late.
3: <laughs> right. Well, in the Cheers uh, intro theme, that bar was there in like the 1800s, man. So
2: That's true. It
3: goes way back. It's true. It goes way back. <laughs> uh, but anyways, we got a fun episode um, for you guys tonight. We're going to be talking about the thing that spooked everyone worldwide as children... The boogeyman. We're gonna look into the lore and the history of the boogeyman, or as the Brits call it, the bogeyman. Um, or as yep. like eastern Kentucky calls it, the booger man, which is weird, but whatever. Um well, so, it's probably
2: probably because just like there's an R in water, you know.
3: Yeah, like, war- water water. Water
2: Water. water.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna go, to go down. I'm gonna go wash my clothes go with some warsh. water. <laughs> <laughs> we're assholes. Um, anyways, yeah, so we're going to be talking about the boogeyman, um, but we are uh, super pumped. I'm just, I'm just excited, Josh, man. The desert is kind to me. It is very, very beautiful out here and I cannot wait for you to see it and get eaten by a giant scorpion.
2: I know. Uh, uh, like the, the whole scene from uh, the, the remake of um, uh, what's that Jason and the Ar- Argonauts, you know, the whole, the mm-hmm. whole scene from the remake of that with the, Giant scorpions. What was it called? With the, it's got uh, Liam. Not Liam Neeson. Crawl. Guy from, no, 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 no. The guy, the guy who played Qui Gon in Episode One.
3: Liam Neeson. Uh, is that Liam Neeson? Yes. Come on, you're no, supposed to have not... the photographic memory. Yes, it is Liam Neeson because it's I know, my I just, mom. My mom thinking... is in love with Liam Neeson, so I know.
2: Okay, I was just thinking it was somebody else, but anyways, it's got him as Zeus
3: oh wait uh, not Jason and the Argonauts you're of thinking Titan- of Clash of the Titans uh, Clash yeah. of the
2: Titans yes yeah but in that movie they got remake, those big yeah. giant scorpions and yeah, yeah so like it's my least favorite part of that yeah movie. see
3: I, scorpions don't bother me but spiders do and uh watch eight-legged freaks and it's all set out in the desert and I'm like no nope. yeah and it sucks because apparently tarantulas are out yes yeah, tarantulas are out here um and they are house pests um, but, I, you know, it's like as much as I hate them and I don't want to touch them, I know they're not venomous to us and they're not aggressive, but I'm still like, get out of my house, you eight legged hairy freak. So, yeah, if I, I see know, a tarantula, just, uh, I'm going to probably
2: poop myself. Here's the thing. When you step on a small spider, it
3: crunches. What happens when you step on a tarantula? It pops and splatters. I mean, it's like stepping on a rat. I've seen it in horror movies because, you know, back in like before 1995, before animal harm stuff was a thing, they would just use real animals and kill them. And well, anytime there was a damn spider in a horror movie, it's always a damn tarantula and somebody's always stepping on them. And it's like, (laughs) it's gross. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, no, moving on. anyways, moving on. So, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into our segments for this week so we can get talking about the boogeyman, uh, and not not to be confused with uh, Mr. Boogity, which is a Disney movie, We're
2: yeah, about
3: or Mr. Boogie Man, Boogie Man, Boogie Man, turn me on, oh, yeah. <laughs> No,
2: not. The so, same. Not the yeah, same. not
3: that. So, let's go ahead and get things started with the psychic word of the week. And now the psychic word of the week That's right. Psychic Word of the Week, which comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary by June G. Bletzer, Ph.D. Rest in peace, honey bear. I miss you. I love you. And I never even knew you. Uh, As usual, we use our psychic intuition since it is the psychic dictionary. And we flip through and land on a page and then just grab the first word or phrase that pops to us. And this week, the letter is C. That's where I turned to. And the word or excuse me, the phrase that I looked and saw first was... Controlled psychism. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. Sounds like a sex move as well. (laughs) To perceive psychic information or psychic activity at one's own discretion only. Psychic has earned the right to communicate with a superior intelligence and has domination over his conscious and subconscious minds. Natural-born psychic is more apt to have psychic events occur at random. Uncontrolled psychism leads to an unhealthy body and spills over into and interferes with one's daily lifestyle. Daily sittings for a uh, short period of time to open one's psychic doors and only after meditation is the best method of taking charge of one's psychic skills one exception to this statement is the skill of clairsentience which means intuition or hunch ability which is not harmful to one when it happens unexpectedly so this is very very interesting and this reminds me of like professor x you know like that whole idea that basically if you don't learn to uh control your powers that it can be harmful or dangerous and you know in our world psychic gifts are very similar and so i agree with this 100 percent.
2: you know this is this is very uh, fortuitous that this is the word that got chosen for it today always is because it always is because of the conversation that i had this morning with you and our mm-hmm. good friend santosh
3: and you know about, I didn't do this on purpose. I mean it's we always flip through and just find it and it just it's amazing every time.
2: I know. But I mean, you know, he, he won he said, you know, unsolicited advice, be careful that you don't, you know, burn yourself out when everything is just wide open. Yep. And I'm still learning how to control things. So And I yeah.
3: and you know, like um religion can can damage people that have psychic gifts because they are told that carrie is a perfect example i know that's a fictional uh example but carrie is a perfect example whose mother made her like in this closet to do penance because her gifts were considered evil and stuff like that and she broke and she snapped and um you know my sister she was so afraid of these gifts because she was afraid that people would think she was crazy which is kind of next to religion is the number one reason why people don't try to seek out answers for them because they're told that it's an insane thing, insanity, craziness, and uh, they're afraid of that. And so they, they just house it and they keep it and it ends up hurting them. A lot of, they say a lot of people that suffer from anxiety and depression more than likely have some sort of psychic gift like empathy or something like that, where they can see or feel things, but they're afraid to tap into it. So they're not dealing with that. And it causes depression or, and anxiety,
2: or they are tapping into it and they don't know how to control it.
3: Same, same difference, and
2: it, yeah. And it's controlling them. And, and to kind of throw back, throw back to your uh, to your Carrie reference, I would even make the uh, Harry Potter reference to the uh, uh, Grindelwald, you know, stuff with the the newest movies with the kid who has to suppress his magical abilities yep. because of his, you know, whatever guardian. And then he just you know, goes crazy. So, you I mean, know, I mean, you could
3: say the same thing really about anything, man. I mean, you look at these like um, these pray the gay away camps. It's all very similar. Yeah. You know, it's that same thing. It's suppression. And yep. it's, it's dumb.
2: Well, and I do have some stuff I'm going to talk about when we get to creepy ketchup that mm-hmm. more directly relates to this word, but I'm going to hold on to it for creepy ketchup. But yeah,
3: controlled psychism. I, I love it. I think it's great. And I do. I love that this is something you're going through right now. And it is. It just shows this should this word coming out should prove to you that you just need to keep on working and seeking answers and finding questions. Because, yeah, when you're open, you're vulnerable. And, you know, that's the scary part about learning as you go through this. It's like growing your hair out long. For like three months, you look like a douchebag, you know, and then your hair comes in and you're like, hello, I'm Fabio, you know, but it's like that time period where it's growing out, you're like, same thing.
2: Yeah. Then the next thing you know, you're growing a 70s porn stash.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That takes five minutes, you know, if you're not me. If you're (laughs) me, it takes about three years to grow a mustache. um but yeah anyways yeah that's the psychic word of the week thank you June Bletzer i know that you're here in this room pointing me in the right direction and guiding this podcast that's, that's what i say and whenever i talk to her children which i will eventually i'm going to say she has been with me yeah so anyways let's go ahead and move right into spooky news All right. So spooky news. Uh, I want to talk about this. We've talked about this before. Uh, a similar story with Keith, actually, many moons ago. Um, but we have you and I have both been noticing that this keeps happening and th- there there is a flap. Of Mothman sightings happening in Illinois, Chicago area. Um, we've got another one, but you, we've been posting every time we see a new Mothman yeah. sighting. They are all happening in Chicago. Um, people are seeing but, them, but what?
2: But I would I would caution. I know that everybody says Mothman sighting because it's tall and it's winged and has red eyes. Sure, but but that doesn't necessarily mean it's Mothman the same mothman that was seen in point pleasant was virginia
3: no it is
2: i would i would say it's a winged cryptid sighting uh but everybody posted as mothman
3: sure i i would say mothman with a lowercase m as opposed to an uppercase m which would be the point pleasant mothman we'll call him steve um but (laughs) if 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 it is indeed cryptid um yeah i doubt if it is a cryptid we know then there's more than just one and so this right. is possible. But, I mean, who knows? There are some Point Pleasant folks that do believe it's the same creature, the same demon or or uh, portent of, of omens, you know, and that something crazy is going to happen in Chicago. You know, you know that's – who knows?
2: Well, you know, having, having listened to a lot, a lot of John Keel over the last uh, three weeks, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that he talks about a lot is that – Whenever um, there is a large uh, cryptid type, or what he calls them as big hairy monsters, is what he calls all right, the cryptids big and all kind of Big hairy monsters. Whenever he says, whenever there's a, a lot of sightings of, of big hairy monsters, it is always preceding a large UFO flap.
3: Right, and guess what? We have been seeing a huge UFO. Flap. Oh yeah, and like I said, we first reported on this Mothman's. First, and we don't even know if that was the first one. Uh, back with Keith during the Roland Doe episode is when we yep. first talked about it because that's where we got our joke because Keith calls them all owls. So um, that tells you how long well, it's been.
2: <laughs> and that was at the uh, that was at the Chicago airport with a guy making a delivery at the airport and he saw this thing standing at the uh,
3: end of the runway watching him. Yep, and uh, and I'll tell you what I've I've been seeing a number of these stories throughout this past year. And um, uh, there have been other sightings at that airport as well. Uh, And in fact, uh, this area where this was sighted at is Schiller Park, which is near O'Hare Airport, just probably a half a mile from O'Hare. So there's also that. So I'm just going to throw that out there. So uh, let me see here what this story is. Do, 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 do. so this comes from singular uh, com, which is a fantastic site uh it says the headline reads mother and daughter report sighting of red-eyed winged demon in Schiller park illinois which was red-eyed wing purple people leader um but yeah <laughs> uh side question Side question. We do have to do our Mothman rap eventually. We we do need to do that Mothman rap. And he's like was Um but s- Side side question. Um Is it a purple people eater? Is is he a purple creature that eats people, or is he a creature that eats purple people? Both. Both. Mm, that's deep. That's some deep shit. So Ivan Ooze. Be careful, buddy. (laughs) Be careful. (laughs) Uh, All right. Anyways, so here's what the article says. Manuel Navarette of UFO Clearinghouse received a report recently from a woman who said that she and her mother witnessed a demon with red eyes and very large wings at around 9 p.m. on October 26th in Schiller Park, Illinois, a village out in the outskirts of Chicago's metropolitan area. And so one thing that I like about this is that she did not say, I saw mothman so you know she's not trying to feed that narrative of mothman she called it a red-eyed uh large winged demon which tells me she probably doesn't even know what mothman is which i like so she's probably also catholic probably according to the initial report received by Navarette, uh she says i had gone to the kitchen to make myself a cup of tea and as I was filling the kettle with water I heard my mother scream and then call out to me I dropped what I was doing and ran to her and found her in the room with the lights off she told me to keep the lights off and told me to come to the window and look out into the backyard with her I looked out and I saw a large creature with red eyes and very large wings perched on the back fence my mother was whispering es un demonio and started praying as we watched this thing It was perched on the fence and it was looking side to side and kept slowly moving its wings. We looked at it for about a minute before it flapped its wings and flew off. It's a demon. The initial report came from a 32-year-old Hispanic woman who witnessed the creature alongside her 67-year-old mother. Navarette said that he was able to interview them and speak with both witnesses the following Wednesday after their sighting. He confirmed the approximate time of the sighting along with details originally submitted in the report. He said the woman had been in the kitchen making herself tea when she heard the mother scream, prompting her to drop what she was doing and move towards her brother's, or excuse me, her mother's bedroom. The witness indicated. That her mother had fallen before and injured herself. And that's what she thought had happened uh, upon entering her mother's room. She found the lights off and the mother standing by the window. Uh, and he just essentially reiterates by saying she saw what she described as a large humanoid creature perched upon the back of fence Uh, it was black with large jet black wings and human-like features and when i asked her to go into detail she said the creature looked like what she could only describe as a demon the creature had human-like arms and legs and its head was almost human but with bright red eyes when I pressed her for more details, she advised that it was dark and she was only about 25 feet away from where it was perched. She described the t- creature as looking all around and that it was moving slowly, with its outstretched wings moving slowly back and forth. Neverett added that the witness told him she had observed the entity for about a minute before it shot into the air and flew off out of sight. And that's when she grabbed her phone to think to take a picture. But of course, she didn't have an opportunity. She was not fast enough. Um, da, da, da Talks about the mother saying it. Uh, she said that uh, the women went on to say that they were very uncomfortable speaking about it for fear of the entity. Uh, returning because she said that it the mother said the shape reminded her of the depiction of a demon being struck down by St. Michael in the famous painting, except this one was solid black and with red eyes. Uh, She said she also felt that this creature was on a mission, an evil mission in nature, but she would not expound any further. She did also mention that there were people in the neighborhood that knew she practiced uh, brujeria, which is essentially Mexican witchcraft, and that this thing might have something to do with it. So it looks like she's a little bit nervous um, because it looks like, you know, she, the Mexican version of voodoo, essentially, it's a combination of old Mexican magic and Christianity, Catholicism. And it talks about, it goes in more and it says uh, about how it was close to... uh, Close to O'Hare International Airport, which it says that there have been, uh, which they are now dubbing the Lake Michigan Mothman, um, there have been at least 10 sightings just coming from the airport itself since August of 2019. Uh, so yeah, pretty crazy. And they, they talk a lot about that. And then uh, there have been sightings uh, about the Lake Michigan Mothman stretching back as far as 2017.
2: So I did go ahead and look it up. Schiller Park, Illinois is literally next door to Chicago O'Hare Airport. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So, it's
3: like it's like right there. Yeah. And so So I mean,
2: basically this is just another fringe airport sighting that happened to be, you know, closer into a neighborhood.
3: Yeah. And apparently there is already a book that has come out. Uh, called the Lake Michigan Mothman. High strangeness in the w- Midwest. It's available on Amazon. Uh, this website here also has a link that shares the timeline of the sightings. So uh, this guy has done some pretty solid work. I really love Singular 40, and I've been following this site for a bit now. Uh, it's pretty good. So, but yeah, this should be really, really... It, this is a, just a crazy time, man. Like, so, and uh, yeah. Yeah, well, and-
2: and it's really interesting too that, in the in how it in how it departed, mm-hmm. is very, very similar. to, to Mothman in Point Pleasant, that it didn't flap its wings and take away. It just lifted off.
3: Lifted off. Lifted off. Uh yeah. It's just it's nuts to me, man. It reminds me of like uh, Archangel from the X Men, like when he got his metal wings. Like that's yeah. Because so he just just took off. So very very interesting stuff very interesting stuff Um, but yeah so that is our spooky news for the week and I'm glad you were able to expound with me there Josh because I'm going to be keeping an eye on this Uh, in fact I may even try to reach out to to Tobias Wayland um, who wrote the Lake Michigan Mothman book Um, he did two years of research on this like just Mm. you know now there's all this new information that so you know he's going to have a follow up so Uh, Definitely going to have to talk to this dude for sure. So, but anyways, yeah, that's spooky news. Let's go ahead and get to your area of funness. Let's get to the UAP sighting of the week. All right, UAP sighting of the week. This is our uh, sighting from uh, either MUFON or New Fork or wherever we're deciding to look up things, talking about um, uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon uh, that someone spoke or the layman's term UFO that people understand. And uh, w- what what sighting do we have this week? What's going on?
2: Yeah, so this comes from Smol- Smolensk, Russia. Ooh. Um, on uh, September 2nd at 1 o'clock local 1 o'clock AM local time so it says
1: the sky was covered with clouds so everything I saw was behind the clouds I saw a small light that gradually approached and started to shine a bit more intensely then immediately on a short distance from the light I saw an immediate large flash of light like we see the switch on the current It was like three times that way it switched on off on off on off then when it stopped there were a series of radiant balls appearing going up to a certain point and then down disappearing in the sky it was like 10 minutes of that way it stopped for about 10 minutes then in another part of the sky i again saw a small light that started to shine a bit more intensely there was a large flash of light in that part of the sky, and it moved to another part of the sky where there were radiant balls. Ten minutes later, after that, I stopped observation and went back home. There were other witnesses with me.
3: Wow, that's uh, it's a lot of stuff happening.
2: <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean that's. But you know that that whole flashing thing. I mean, that's something that you and I have witnessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, in tonight's creepy Ketchup, I've got I've got one that's like that that I witnessed recently. Um, and uh, it does seem like that's becoming more of a thing. Like almost like, and I and I when I had mine the other night, I kind of thought of it this way. It's almost like they're um, they're waving hello to see if they get a response.
3: Sure. I mean, maybe that's also how, I mean, yeah, that could be how they communicate is light.
2: Well, what I'm saying is, is like, you know, if that guy had a flashlight or, or something, if he would have blinked black, uh, blinked back, would that have generated a different result?
3: Oh, yeah, I you know, don't Ke- know. I mean, you know, ours Keel was talks like about that. the one in Point Pleasant where we flashed back. It, it played yeah. with it, like almost.
2: Yeah. Well, in that, that that one that we had at my house, yeah, uh, back in the summer, that did the same, same thing. It played with it, and then we had that weird one come up, sneak up behind us, you know, and then shoot off. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, definitely, um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, Keel even talks about a lot about in his books about um, people flashing their flashlights and things like that at or headlight beams or something like that at UFOs and, and having the UFOs respond back to them so
3: hmm.
2: yeah it's very interesting
3: well it also kind of fits Andrea Perrin's kind of theories as well like with music and just basically essentially that they are trying to communicate with us and all we have to do is figure out how to tap in yeah so very 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 interesting from the Ruskies thank you comrade <laughs> I don't think that's it that's... That's my joke, because I know, I know okay. that. I also know, uh, what else Russian do I know? I also know Ivan Drago. Oh. From Rocky IV. Yeah, I, Yeah, from Rocky Four. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you know him personally?
3: Uh, no, because he's a made-up fictional character. But I do know Dolph Lundgren uh, impersonally. Personally? Yeah. Do you? I, oh, yeah. Impersonally. He sits in front of me a lot whenever I watch his movies. He's right there. We're in the same room, right?
2: Right in front of you.
3: I'm gonna take a picture (laughs) of me. I'm gonna pause one of his movies and then take a picture with me next, (laughs) next to the screen. (laughs) Be like, "Yeah, I told you, I knew this dude. He was at my house." He's
2: got he's got a new commercial out. I saw him on TV today. Yeah, he's like some kind of an, an investment something
3: yeah i saw him too and it's interesting because like uh with uh, the expendables coming back and bringing him on his career started coming back as well so i i love it because i like dolph man i've even gone back and watched some of his like uh you want to watch a ridiculous movie watch red scorpion uh which is a dolph mm-hmm. london movie from like 89 it is It is ridiculous action, and it's fantastic, and I highly recommend everyone watch it. (laughs) Um, So, but on that, thank you again for your UAP sighting of the week. Let's move to Creepy Ketchup.
0: Creepy Ketchup.
3: Creepy
0: Ketchup.
3: Creepy Ketchup.
0: Creepy Ketchup. Y'all, it's creepy.
3: Y'all, it's creepy. It's creepy for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, creepy catch-up. I'll go first because uh, uh, I have a couple things that have happened. I actually have a follow-up to one from two weeks ago uh, on the 100th uh, anniversary episode um, where I talked about where I saw that ball of light in the sky driving to my sister's house. And now I've talked to you about this, but our blanket huggers have not heard this. Um, yep. But again, another night, uh, and I've actually got a picture of it. I was driving, and in that exact same spot, exact same spot, was three lights in a triangle pattern. Massive. Too big. I could see through it, so it wasn't like one giant ship or anything. Right. But it And it was just there, sitting there, bright as all get out. And, like, I see a helicopter flying near it, and I'm like, man, is that a military helicopter trying to figure things out? Uh, but I was able to see. It also gave me depth. It showed me kind of how big it may be. It also showed me it was not moving. And then I go to my sister's house and uh, I picked up my nephew and uh, we're driving back. It's like 45 minutes to an hour later, still there, exact same position. Um, Mm. It was like close enough to sunset that it was still the sky was brightened up when I first saw it the first time. So I saw it was not lights on a mountain. Um, It was in the middle of the air. And uh, so they were still sitting there. So I don't know if they were there anytime after. I mean, my time period for them is an hour um, from when I saw it to when I saw it the second time. But I did take a picture and uh, use that night vision. So it cleared it up uh, that I have on on, on my phone. Um, But it was pretty remarkable. And then when I was talking to you about it, we did some research. Um, It's not near the airport. It's actually on the other side, South Phoenix. Um, basically, it's a big patch of desert. Now, we did find an old abandoned airport that was right. maybe 20 miles That's from close,
2: close to where it is. Yeah. It's, not in, the far. it's in the vicinity.
3: It's in the vicinity down vicinity. I-10. And uh, it's called the Gila River Memorial Airport. It was originally uh, just a small airport. And then they bought it and they were going to Chandler bought it. They were going to turn it into the Chandler's like rich white people airport. Um, but that didn't happen. And so now it's just it's owned by the reservation. And there's actually old jets and things because we did a Google Earth view and looked down. You could see like old planes and some things like that. But, yeah, from what I've read, do not go without. Per- you have to get permission from the uh, Native American tribal um, court or whatever they're called. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, you have to get permission from them or you can get arrested. And uh, from what I've heard, you don't ever want to get arrested in a reservation being a white man. So I've heard that. Interesting. Yep. So, but, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that,
2: that's in that, in that picture is is really is really interesting, and and you know you mentioned a, a triangle shape. It, it's it's but it's the triangle shape is more uh, almost when you think about it two dimensional as far as you know For you're sure. looking at and it's inverted. You're looking it's... at a tri- the po- the point is is is, is facing down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just sitting there. Uh, just pause that. Uh, like I uh, <clears throat> almost feel like why why did you stop? Like what? Where where were you going? That was more interesting than watching. UFOs? Right. What are you
3: doing? But then again, here I am in the land of the Phoenix Lights, and so you know, yeah. like I, I talked to some people about it that live around here, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you'll see stuff all the time. Nobody knows what it is, and we just move on. We're used to seeing weird stuff. Like <laughs> that's, that's like the conversation that I get. Like ever since the Phoenix Lights, everybody's like, "Yeah, we don't know what it is. Probably aliens. Wow." <laughs> Like, you know, I, I, was, like, oh. I was, I was, thinking
2: the other day. Uh, actually, it was earlier today. Um, how, how Keel, if he was, if he was still around, how he would react to the Navy capturing video of oh. those three? Because, he because his, lit. because his later, his, you know, his later in life conclusions was that most UFO sightings were uh, hallucinations, not necessarily mm-hmm. like that you made them up, but just that all of the sighting really only took place in the in the uh, contactee's mind. Right. And so to, for us to be able to catch those things on video uh, really takes it to a whole nother level. I just wonder what his response or what his reaction would have been.
3: Yeah, it's so. very interesting because, you know, I talked about my sister not believing in UFOs and stuff. And so when I picked up my nephew, it was funny because, you know, I was like, I had him look and he immediately he goes, those are UFOs on Stephanie. And I was like, do you believe in UFOs? He's like, yes, do you? And so then he goes on and like starts talking to me about UFOs and aliens and all these books he's been reading. And I was just like, that's my blood. Uh, But he reminds (laughs) me of me at that age. I was obsessed with the occult and like supernatural stuff when I was that age. And I would just get books from the library and that's what I read. Well, that's what he does. He watches all these videos on YouTube and like all this stuff on UFOs and aliens and all these documentaries. And he's just like... Yeah, these these things are for real. And then he started asking me some legit questions about the sightings that you and I had, about my possible abduction story from when I was a kid, like all kinds of stuff, dude. Like he was on it. And so I'm very, very anxious to get him a Christmas present now because I'm going to hook him up (laughs) with something good, something good, some sort of book that's going to be good. I I just don't know which one yet. Um, But yeah, so anyways, I had another UFO sighting as well and a ghost sighting all in the same evening happened to be halloween um i was uh i my sister is so the full moon everything like that so we decided to go i had originally i was looking up uh on google i was looking up um Observatories, Because I'm like, man, I'm out in the desert. There's got to be good observatories here to see the, the sky. And I, w- I always wanted to see through a big telescope and stuff like that. But what I found was that there was an observatory deck on top of what's called Humboldt Mountain. Now, it's only like 50 miles from where I live. But uh, it takes forever because you're up in the mountains on these, like, back dirt roads and everything. But they're legit little highways Uh, This is in the Tonto National Forest, not too far from Roosevelt Lake, which we've talked about before. Uh, And it's over by the Horseshoe uh, Reservoir. And uh, anyway, so we get up there, we get up to the top and it's this big golf ball shaped crazy thing that's surrounded by a fence. And which I later found out was it's an FAA radar system is what I found out it was. Uh, But it's all completely fenced in. Um, and then, like, there's a little small road that goes, and then there's radio antennas over there, which you can drive right up to. Um, it's really, really cool. So the, uh, oh, a possible cryptid site. Okay, so, it, man, there's all kinds of stuff. So anyways, um, scary thing. Um, I was like, man, everything looks so black. Like, I'm looking, we're looking down the mountain range. And everything looked so black, and which, by the way, the mountains that are surrounding you looked eerie as hell because it was cloud—it was, it was mostly cloudy, but the moon was still kind of shining, and so it lit up the clouds, which just vaguely lit up the uh, and it was misty and stuff and so it just looked like this painting this backdrop with this black mountain with like a very dark purple sky stuff like that but anyways there's all this like black on the ground and we're like what is it it's hard to see and so as we like get up closer to like where the trail is that goes around the fenced area i noticed that there's burnt things well i quickly google searched and apparently like a month ago there was a wildfire that like hit that entire area that's why there was like no trees no nothing oh. it, it wiped it out and so all that black we were seeing was ash and burn ash. yeah and like it they were able to stop it because the park system and stuff the u.s government owns this area there's big signs on this fence that say u.s government property do not trespass or your ass is grass type shit and uh, so my sister and I were like, let's go walk around it. <laughs> and so we wanted to see if we could walk the entire fence line. Um, which, by the way, we're there at like midnight is when we got there. So it's already super late Halloween night. And we're walking around this thing and it's super scary. Um, and uh, we, we hear this rustling in the fenced area. We can see almost everything but there's bushes because that area didn't burn and stuff but then we would stop the rustling would stop Mm -hmm. we would move a couple seconds after we begin to move we hear rustling behind us along the fence line and we're like what the hell and i had already made a joke i'm like Yeah, find it weird that uh, this is U.S. government property. That even the fire tower that's on there, you can't get into. And I was like, makes you wonder what actually is here, because there are there was like like two buildings that said, "Do not like get close to this building." And then there's a door, but it's too small to house anything. I'm like, those are stairs that go under the mountain. Yep. And so me and my sister are like, God, what are they doing in here, man? And so of course we're starting to talk about like any kind of like. (laughs) secret aliens or like uh experiments and stuff like that and then like we're hearing this rustling and i mean we would literally go we would stop rustling would stop and we were like oh my god and just like what is following us and it's like we could both see something out of the corner of her eye but as soon as we turn to look nothing you know type thing so that freaked us out so we were like man gotta be a ghost sighting gotta be a ghost sighting or a cryptid so anyways we get up there i'd also brought my ouija board so we decided to do ouija on top of the uh, mountain and um well i got uh cold i I for randomly finally got cold and um so my sister and my wife were continuing on and i was kind of just looking around taking pictures of the stars and um of the mountains and stuff because that cool night vision i was actually able to take a picture of the land and the freaking reservoir like it was freaking daytime yeah um it was beautiful uh, but anyways, I noticed in the sky, a freaking UAP. And it was like, to me, it looked like the size of like a fingernail. And I like, and I tried to take pictures of it and it, it seemed like it had to be made of light the way that it was distorted. If you zoomed in on it, it wasn't like a yeah. solid straight line. Um, but I mean, I followed it for quite some time. I mean, you could see the pictures that I sent you. I mean, I followed it all the way till it was over the city in terms of the area that i was looking no noise i of course checked my plane app there's nothing nothing in that area um i have no idea what it was but it was really small like a like a pinky nail i mean it was just mm. the oddest thing and then of course we had fun on the ouija board you know talking to you know a, a native american guy that apparently died up there and uh, all kinds of crazy stuff so it was it was pretty cool, pretty pretty cool evening, I must say. Um, I highly recommend Humboldt Mountain. But apparently, I found out. Oh, by the way, if I had gone during the day, I would have seen the big walkway that goes out into the middle of nothing because it's it's for hang gliders to go off. It's a big wooden of, like yeah. dock, yeah, that launches off. And I we never even saw it because it was so dark. I'd never even saw it. But I'm like, oh man, Whoa. I wonder how many people
2: didn't yeah, walk off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, y'all y'all probably got lucky you didn't walk off the edge of that thing.
3: Right, right.
2: Next time bring flashlight.
3: Yeah, well we did, we had our cell phone flashlights, but you know how that goes. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was it was uh needless to say it was a very interesting evening. Um but yeah, that's that's essentially my creepy catch up. Um so do you, what do you got? You got anything going on?
2: Yeah, I got a couple of things. Um so like we talked, you know, earlier and and we've been talking about lately. Uh, I've been trying to open myself up a little bit more psychically, which, number one, um, to say out loud, (laughs) just, like, I'm like, I I, I question whether or not I'm sane sometimes.
3: Um, What did I say in the beginning of the show? Um, (laughs) I don't know, but I mean, I feel like crazy people don't question their sanity.
2: True. Um, I mean, I what so like anything that I have that I experience, I typically go back and I process through it, and I try to I try to say you know is there another explanation for what I experienced you know I try to debunk basically my experiences mm-hmm. to make sure but but anyway so I've been opening myself up more, um, and because of that I've been seeing a lot of things like nice. um um I went out a couple nights ago to just. Like, I've just been getting these urges to go out and look at the sky. So I just go out and I look at the sky. Oh, I know what it was. It was, it was actually uh, Halloween night. It was a full moon. Um, I went out late at night and uh, was just taking some pictures of the moon and looking at the moon and stuff. And um, I decided to walk around uh, to the front yard. Mm-hmm. And I saw uh, two shadowy figures uh, in the front yard. I mean, I like... Like, I saw them out of the corner of my eye and I looked in that direction, and I still saw them.
0: <laughs> I mean,
2: like, I, anytime I've ever had that happen before, I see stuff out of the corner of my eye and I look, and there's nothing there. Yep. This was like, I, I looked, and I was, I could still see them there. Um, I came home one night from, had to go into the store. I came home. There were two shadowy figures standing against the fence line along my road that looked like they had, like, hats on. Like, straight up. Typical
3: 1940, 50. Oh, so men in black hats. Men
2: in black type stuff, but Mm. just like completely blacked out.
3: Interesting. Um, That kind of changes things.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: I, uh, let's see what else. I, um, or it could have been three little kids trying to pretend to be an adult to get into an R rated movie. That's true. They weren't wearing a trench coat though. Oh, (laughs) I just assumed with the the (laughs) fedora that they had a trench coat on.
2: Um, the uh so two nights ago I went out to take some starfield photos mm-hmm. uh if you haven't if you know if you haven't played around with your pro camera settings uh all of those pictures that I sent you guys were taken with that camera um but yeah I mean I I went out and took some star, some great starfield settings with the tripod mm-hmm. uh with my uh with the camera on my uh Samsung phone and um I mean they were spectacular but anyways at one point in time, I decided to try to mess with the pro video settings to see if I could get some star starfield video. And, and so I was standing there in the backyard. My, you know, phone is recording, pointing up at the sky. And I hear this rustling. I um, mean, you know, out by like on the on the driveway, it sounds like footsteps uh, scuffing against the pavement.
0: Mm. And
2: I look over in that direction, and I don't see anything. Well, then I hear, um, like, I, I kind of look, and it stops. Well, I, I, so I look back, going back to, like, looking up at the sky and everything. I hear it again. This time, though, it's moved into, like, the grass. And I kind of hear this kind of, like, walking noise through the grass. And I look over again. I don't see anything, and it stops. And I look back up to the sky. So it did that probably two or three times until finally it moved like kind of behind me not like directly behind me probably like 20 feet away but it was definitely behind me at that point and I, I turned around and I clapped real quick and I was like hey <laughs> and I clapped and then um, it kind of rustled one more time and then I glanced back up to my left which would have been in the western sky at about 45 degrees and a light flashed at me in the sky three times like it just flash three flash flash Ah. um yeah and i like i was like crap so like i I grabbed the camera that was recording and like i shifted it around and i was like but then of course it never did anything again and then i went inside and i went inside and like because i didn't have my laser pointer on me so i went inside and got that and i shined it up in the area where where did it happen and nothing else i mean nothing else ever happened i stood out there for probably another 20 minutes still nothing never happened that a bitch like that's (laughs) that's the way it is man um which i mean like it wasn't a plane uh i did i did check my apps no, it wasn't a bird. It wasn't then it Superman. was Superman. Yeah, it was Superman. not Superman. No, okay. Superman doesn't glow. It might have been. He can if he's irradiated with tonight
3: or irradiated with sunshine.
2: True, he's walking on sunshine. Anyways, <laughs> um, but I mean, what was really what was really odd about the whole thing is, is that where it flashed from, it didn't move from that position. An airplane would have moved. A helicopter, I would have heard. It was like. Like, but, I mean, when it flashed, it was bright. I mean, I used to have a um, – back when I did pizza delivery, I had a, a cigarette lighter-powered one million candle power spotlight, which was always fun to take down to the Ohio River and spotlight barges as they went by. Mm-hmm. But anyways, <clears throat> until you get the cops called on you for doing that, um, don't don't do that, people. Don't.
3: Don't. Especially <laughs> in Point Pleasant
2: yeah so um but I used to have one of those and so I know how bright one million candle power spotlights are that's what it was like from up in the sky it was that bright uh and like I said it it flashed three times so um from there uh I mean I've had a couple other little things with meditation and stuff that it's happened um today though I decided to go for a nice little walk before I started work and um I saw a figure standing in the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of out of the. When I looked into the woods, I saw this figure, and I did a double take, and it wasn't there anymore. It's a Blair Witch. Yeah. When I came home, I've been uh, seeing shadows out of the corner of my eye all day long. Uh, at one it... point in time earlier today. Go ahead. At one point in time earlier today, I um, was at my desk which I have two computers on my desk. I have my personal computer, my work computer, and I was reading an email on my work computer. So I had my elbows propped on the desk, and, you know, I'm just sitting there reading it, reading this email. And the mouse for the computer next to me moved, which woke the computer up.
0: <laughs>
2: That's at the same time I saw a shadow move out of the corner of my eye.
3: That's fantastic.
2: What's really interesting about that, though, is that I was engrossed in the email I was reading and if that hadn't moved i wouldn't have realized that it was after time for me to go pick
3: up my kids see they are helping you that's <laughs> <laughs> it was your granddaddy like uh, you want to go get my great grandkids please <laughs> <laughs> so what were you oh, going to ask wow oh i was just saying isn't it funny though you know like my my theory of how once you're open to things you can't stop seeing them like the whole jeep yeah. thing like and here it is we see these shadow figures at your house now I've seen them before throughout my life but it's essentially the first time you've really seen something and now you're seeing them like it's like all of a sudden your brain has registered what it is you're seeing and so it now catches them like it sees them quicker
2: and it's in all the cases in all the cases where I've seen them since that night I have never ever felt threatened
3: Mm -hmm.
2: like I just feel like they're just hanging out
3: good you know i mean that's, you know you think about close encounters of the uh third kind like that that was like richard dreyfus's whole thing he's like stop being afraid of them like you know let me i want to speak to them i want to see what this is so good because i feel like you'd know especially with your psychic awareness being opened up i feel yeah. like you would know if they were bad and you would be like kids we, like guys, we are going to a hotel like it's done <laughs> <laughs>
2: but yeah so so yeah so that's my uh, so, so like I said the reason that that um, uh, psychic word of the week was for was fortuitous is because I posted a little bit of that in our in our chat with Santosh this morning and he said hey you know <clears throat> when you're when you're really open like that it's really easy to get uh, bombarded mm-hmm. um, until you figure out how to control it. And it's, that's basically what the word tonight,
3: you know, was talking about so yep nice all right well let's get moving so we can get talking about the boogeyman uh, before it gets so super duper late for you Uh, but quickly we want to take a quick ad break because we want to share commercial with you to talk about one of our newest podcasts on the fearscape media network which is the Antagonists all villain podcast starring lance wayne and sam tooey if you like villains you're gonna love this podcast so check it out hello there my name is sam
2: And I'm the man with no name, Lance Wayne.
3: And we're the hosts of The Antagonists, an all-villain podcast. You can join us every other Thursday for a new episode as we discuss all of your favorite villains from books, movies, and more.
2: Are the villains you love to hate really as wicked as they seem? Tune in and find out.
3: You can find us on all major podcast platforms or join us over on FearscapeMedia.com.
2: Heard us talk about all the amazing books we've been able to listen to on Audible, everything from fiction to sci-fi to true crime and more. Audible is the leader in the audiobook industry with a library of over 200,000 audiobooks. Start listening now by going to podcastcom slash audible
3: All right, we are back. Thank you guys for sticking around and listening to our our AdSense. Not nonsense, but AdSense. Uh, but, yeah, please go support those other podcasts and all that stuff. But let's get talking about the boogeyman, as Harry Potter would call it. What What's going on with the boogeyman? Give me some history and lore on this. I want to know.
2: Yeah, so the boogeyman <laughs> yeah, it's scary. has gone- scary. <laughs> It's, it's been, been around really for weird. a long time.
3: Yeah, I feel like it's like the OG monster.
2: Uh, I mean it the earliest account is from the fifteen hundreds. So mm, the earliest okay. written documentation is from the fifteen hundreds. Um, but <clears throat> the uh the word uh boogie is believed to be derived from Middle English of bogie, b-o-g-g-e or b-u-g-g-e, which means something frightening or scarecrow interesting enough
3: really so what did you say that was old english is that what you said
2: middle english
3: middle english okay still though that's yeah that's very very interesting
2: um theories on its origin include a root meaning of goat which is also interesting
3: Mm -hmm.
2: with the stuff that we've been looking at and stuff with similarities with goats and yeah, goats the Capella are always star. At the
3: center of stories too, I mean, I mean, you look at the goat man you <laughs> know, chupacabras always yeah. to eat goats, like
2: um, there's and a goats uh, are always co-
3: traditionally evil you know, black, black peter yeah, and stuff right,
2: like that. yeah, uh, there's a there's a cognate of the German uh, bogue or bogelmand, which means goblin, mm. uh um and it could be influenced uh in a meaning of old English called Buddha used in compounds for beetle.
3: Hmm. Interesting.
2: Um a related word, bug bear. Oh no, from... that just
3: sounds awful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, meaning half, uh, half bug, half
3: bear, still gonna eat your picnic basket. <laughs> uh
2: meaning goblin or scarecrow in bear. uh, was imagined as a demon in the form of a bear that eats small children Uh, it was also used to mean a general object of dread Uh, the word bugaboo
3: now that uh, I've heard used I always just thought it was gibberish that people just picked up
2: well it's really interesting I, I, I sometimes refer to my kids like
3: right so that's little, what i'm saying yeah i've called time, my my dog yeah. my wife hey there bugaboo time to go to bed bugaboo but oh, so but yeah it's crazy <laughs> to think that some of that weird shit that we say has like crazy scary meanings i know, you know? <laughs>
2: um in uh in southeast asia the term is properly uh, popularly supposed to refer to uh buggies or buganese, which are basically pirates
3: i've had bugger knees before
2: booger knees. Is that where somebody wipes a booger on your knee? Mm-hmm.
3: Or okay. it's like when you don't have a napkin and so you just wipe them on your pants.
2: Or like the guy from uh, Golden Child that gets it on his jacket. Yeah. And, Eddie Mur- <laughs> and Eddie Murphy's like, that's going to scratch you in your sleep one
3: night. <laughs> I love that movie, man.
2: Anyways. um so uh, these pirates are often Plagued uh, early English and Dutch Trading ships mm-hmm. And so it's popularly believed that This is the result that in European sailors Bringing their fear of the boogeymen uh, Back to Their home countries however Etymologists Disagree with this because words relating To boogeymen were in common Use centuries before the Europeans Colonized Southeast Asia hmm. Uh in Lao dialects in Eastern Africa, the term uh, booga means to
3: scare. God, there's another thing.
2: Booga, booga, booga. Yeah, I know. Ah,
3: that's so funny. I mean, you always see that in the old movies, especially I when they have like African oh. tribes and stuff. They're always like booga, booga, booga. Like, I am like know. That's the, so that's the only word that these old white directors <laughs> yeah. said we got to use is the one that means scare. Right.
2: Them.
3: Okay. That makes right. sense. It makes sense.
2: Um, so a little bit of the, like the, the physical description and the personality, uh, you know, basically what I found is the description of the boogeyman differs on a cultural level. Uh, there are often some shared similarities of the creatures. Many of the boogeymen are depicted as having claws, talons, and sharp teeth. Uh, along with that, the majority of boogeymen are of the spirit variety, while the minority are demons, witches, and other legendary creatures.
3: Mm. Mothman.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you'll see. Hold on, I'll, ah, I'll get jump to jumping the
3: gun. Jump I'll the get gun.
2: To <laughs> um, Sorry, I had are,
3: I was time bending my controlled psychism.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, some are even described uh, to have certain animal features, such as horns, hooves, and bug-like appearances. Hmm. So you think about uh, um, people who talk about the insectoid race. Mm-hmm. Is that related to Boogeyman? I mean, is that maybe where the Boogeyman comes from, and the insectoid race that? I,
3: I always think that these like old wives' tales and these old like legends and cryptids and all that stuff have basis in some sort of real thing that we just don't yeah. understand because we see them as fairy tales. Grimm's fairy tales is a perfect example about how like vanilla they are now compared to what they originally were. You know.
2: Well, I, I didn't know this about Grimm's fairy tales, but apparently they wrote a, a number of books, and some were very much not meant for children.
3: Hmm. They don't like the fairy tales. <laughs> well, but
2: I mean, like, some are like yeah. really go into a lot of detail.
3: Huh. I never thought um, to look to see if they wrote anything else. So that's, that's interesting.
2: And, you know, <clears throat> I, I'm going to say the name and people listen like oh my god you're such a kill fanboy but i really but kill kills what who said that there was more grim books so yeah um, okay anyways so uh let's see here personality traits of a boogeyman or bogeyman depending uh they're most easily divided into three categories the kind that punishes misbehaved children the kind that are more prone to violence, and the kind that protect the innocent. They are all related some in the same way, being that they all exist to teach young children lessons. The large majority of Boogeyman are there to just frighten children with punishments and not actually inflict much damage.
3: Hmm, that sounds a the lot more, like uh, Krampus and some of those Christmas uh, Anti Santa Claus so, type things.
2: Yep. So again, jumping the gun, I'll get oh, there.
3: Oh, <laughs> psychic. <it.
2: laughs> um, the more vicious, um, boogie. Yep, vicious. Boogey- yeah, Rest in peace, John Connery. Is, is said to steal the children at night and even eat them. Mm. Uh, the last chord category is the boogeyman who protect people and only punish the guilty, regardless of age. Um because of such a global impact it makes it difficult to find the original source of the legends the first reference the boogeyman would be considered the hobgoblins described in england in the 1500s
3: oh so the hobgoblins are tied in with yeah the boogeyman that's interesting i didn't know that at all i just I, well i guess talking about possible demon ish because yeah yeah interesting
2: it says that many believed that they were made to torment humans, and while some only played simple pranks, others were more foul in nature. Um, it says that what I found is boogeymen-like being are almost universal, common to the folklore in many countries. So it's kind of like, I think when we had uh, Ken Gerhart on, and we were talking about... Um, the uh you know bigfoot sightings all over the place and how people are i think we may have even touched on this when we had connor on is how people report them local like how they call them local but the similarities between the creatures is it really just all the same race or whatever of creature and we just we give them local names.
3: We get well, I mean that has very much happened with Sasquatch. I mean, you know, like people think that there's a difference between Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Skunk Ape, um Dogman, things like that, but really when you break them all down, they're they're all just Sasquatch and then you get into Yeti and things like that. Though Yeti really starts to get into almost a subspecies. You know, or Sasquatch as a subspecies, but you know what I mean polar bear well, versus grizzly bear, yeah.
2: But I mean, it's well, I mean, any in, 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 like I don't want to go too far down this path, but when you look at people, there are different, uh, you know, I hate to use the word race because we're all human race, but anyways, there are different, I don't know how you'd say it, there are different types of people, <laughs> there could be different types of Sasquatch,
3: mm-hmm. agreed. Sas- Yeah, well, you could talk about it in terms of animals or different breeds of dogs. Right, exactly.
2: All right, so this gets to your Krampus, your Krampus mention. Mm. Um, Sack Man.
3: Oh, that just sounds awful, and it sounds like a super scary kids movie.
2: (laughs) It also uh, could be a porn. Uh, Oh,
3: true. I was looking at it from a British standpoint because sack is like any bag they use as a sack.
2: Um, but in many (laughs) countries,
3: I tried not to. I tried not to. Uh,
2: I was channeling Santosh on that one. Um, in many, in many uh countries, a boogeyman variant is portrayed as a man with a sack on his back who carries naughty children away. Yeah, bad. This is true for yep this is true for many latin latin countries such as chile brazil portugal spain and the countries of spanish america where it's referred to as the hombre del costo um or hombre del saco
3: so the Um, the brother of the bag or is that what that means or no it says that basically
2: wait yeah so it basically says the sack slash bag man is what it
3: oh yeah hombre is male that's right okay
2: Um, There's also El Roba Chico's, meaning child stiller. Similar legends are also very common in Eastern Europe. in the Bulgarian Orbelon as Sackman, as well as Haiti and some countries in
3: Asia. Interesting. And again, here are here are the things that make me go, hmm, you know, it's like here are these legends that have happened all over the world and come from a time where we didn't they everyone was separate you know like it's just it's crazy to ghosts are another thing it's like there are legends of ghosts in china that go back thousands of years while at the same time legends of ghosts in england you know and it's like how well how are they creating the same idea right you know like
2: Yeah. So I mean, it would. I think it would be different if uh, there was one legend and you found that legend told all over the world. Right. In this case, there are multiple legends all bearing similar traits all over the
3: world. Right. Dragons are another one. Like right. how there were stories of dragons. Now, granted, we can say that because they found dinosaur bones and that's what they thought. I can, I can, I can justify that one more than ghosts. Just this idea that there's a holographic <laughs> image of someone who's passed yeah. on. Come on.
2: So uh, next up on the list we have El Coco,
3: Mmm. Um, chocolate. <laughs> uh, I,
2: this was this was a really insightful that i love this so in spain parents would sing lullabies or tell rhymes to children warning them that if they do not sleep el coco would come to get them uh, great parenting by the way right uh, that was the such rhyme... a thing
3: though was to scare your kids like that was the <laughs> thing man i know <laughs> like don't let the bed bugs uh, bite like that's still a, a right we still have those things
2: uh, the rhyme originated in the 17th century and has evolved over the years, but it still retains its original meaning. Coconuts received that name because the hairy brown face created by the coconut shells uh, three indentations reminded the Portuguese sailors of cocoa from so the they, story of cocoa. Uh, now
3: I'm gonna make a connection okay Now I understand the three shells from demolition man because cocoa is brown, which is poop. And that's what the three shells in the bathroom and demolition man—it's all tied together.
2: But there's a pink one and a like a turquoise one. What are those for?
3: That's because we're all fancy now. It's like you know, glass. Uh, your your glasses originally were made of like pewter or stone or even wood, right? So those just had a similar color. Now you get plastic and all sorts of different colors and all kind of crazy stuff. So, Well,
2: what if somebody's colorblind?
3: Then they get gray black
2: or <laughs> white <laughs> or 50 shades Not it gray. matters i mean they could get red and they wouldn't they wouldn't know it that's true so anyways uh, i just thought it was really interesting about the coconut that that's where the coconut name came from is that it's a callback to el coco
3: yeah that's interesting That that is uh, again i love etymology so very cool yeah
2: uh, Latin America also has El Coco, although its folklore is usually quite different. Commonly mixed with native beliefs and because of cultural context uh, sometimes more related to the boogeyman of the United States. However, the term El Coco is used in Spanish-speaking Latin American countries, such as Bolivia, Colombia, Guatemala, Peru, Mexico, El Salvador, Andars, and the Dominican Republic. Um, mm-hmm. Although there is more usually called El Coco is in oh, me, El Cuoco is in Puerto Rico, Chile, so on and so forth. I'm not going to name all the countries again. Me. Um, <laughs> among Mexican Americans, uh, El Cuquay, kuque C U C U Y. How would you pronounce that? Mm-hmm. I like, to, Cucue? I like
3: I like Cuquay. That sounds cool.
2: Okay is portrayed as an evil monster that hides under children's beds at night and kidnaps or eats the child that does not obey his or her parents or go to sleep when it's time to do so.
3: Dang, man, quit scaring your children.
2: (laughs) I know. (sighs) Uh, I always thought it was bad that like, you know, if I didn't go to sleep on Christmas Eve, Santa Claus wouldn't visit me and give me presents. I mean, that's what I would.
3: Now they got Elf on the shelf to make it worse. Like you got a guy watching you. Like All in your home Like Santa was just omnipotent You know Like he was just rolling But you're like Yeah, he I don't see him though <laughs> So
2: <laughs> Have you seen the Mitch on a bench? <laughs> no <laughs> My sister got one Because Her husband's Jewish It's like a little Jewish rabbi Looking guy Like he's got the That's the, awesome the, the, And it's called Mitch on a bench So anyways That's fantastic I digress so, uh, uh, however, the Spanish-American boogeyman does not resemble the shapeless or hairy monster of Spain. Social sciences professor Miguel Manuel Madrano says popular legend describes El Cuicuay as a small humanoid with glowing red eyes. That hides in closets or under the bed. Some lore has him as a kid who was the victim of violence, and now he's alive, but he's not. Done. 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 Which I I kind of like the idea of... There's like a couple movies that are based on that, right? That it's like you... Well, the, the whole The Crow, right? That's what that's about. Dude gets murdered, but yet... He gets to come back,
3: yeah, and and right the wrong. Yep,
2: yeah, the same thing with the movie The Wraith with uh, Charlie Sheen,
3: the original Crow. I love that movie. (laughs) (laughs) I just, Um, my sister and I, we were driving and there was a car and it had a headlight that was like this bar that went across, as well as the two. Like it was the weirdest thing I ever saw. I was like, Teresa, that's the Wraith. We gotta get out of (laughs) here.
2: know what car you're talking about it's a uh it's a kia i can't remember the model but oh i it would never
3: i only saw it at night so i had no idea but it was yeah. bright as hell
2: so. i um i have like weird superhero uh superpowers uh i can look at the headlights of any vehicle and tell you what kind of car it is
3: i you are a car nerd so i totally believe that
2: <laughs> i've also spent a lot of time driving but anyways yep. um So, next upon the list is the Babo. Not Bab, not Babar. Babar is different. He's Mm. a little elephant boy.
3: What's interesting Uh, is is before you even get into this, my nephew, when he was a kid, had an imaginary friend named Babo. It's spelled B A B A U. And uh, we always thought he was saying Babo and that it was our grandpa Bob who had died. But, like, it could have been Babo. Like, Uh, Tell me what it is.
2: (laughs) So, in the countries of Central and Eastern Mediterranean, children who misbehave are threatened with a creature known as Babo. Um, He is portrayed as a tall man wearing a heavy black coat with a black hood or hat which hides his face. Also sounds like the men in black. Sometimes parents will knock loudly under the table pretending that someone is knocking at the door and say something like, here comes El Umro Nero. Uh, he must uh, know that there's a child here who doesn't want to drink his soup. Mm. Um, there's a uh, widespread nursery rhyme, which I'm not going to even attempt the, uh, the, the the proper. I'm just going to read the English. Which is uh, Lullaby, O, who do I give this child to? I will give him to the boogeyman who's going to keep him for a whole year. Wow. It's a great lullaby, by the way. Just fantastic. Dude, and
3: I will tell you, in classic D&D fashion, they're usually any ancient monster tends to be in Dungeons and Dragons, and I just looked up Babo, and Babo is in both Dungeons and Dragons, as well as Pathfinder, and both versions are creepy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, it
2: says here that uh, Babo does not eat or harm children but instead takes them away to a mysterious and frightening place. Now, I'm going to go off on a limb here and say if Babo is an MIB and he takes them away to the Darrow's so that, would be, mm, that would be a frightening That would be a frightening place. And, you know, it could be hellish. Yeah. <clears throat> so, next up we have bootsman this is Germanic Um, this the Germanic folklore has dozens of different figures that correspond to the boogeyman Uh, these have various appearances such as a gnome a man an animal a monster a ghost a devil etc 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 to channel Gene Wilder and are sometimes said to appear at very specific places such as in forests, uh, bodies of water, cliffs, cornfields, and vineyards. Uh, These figures are called by many different names, which are often only regionally known. One of these, possibly etymologically related to the Boogeyman, is the Butzman, which can be a gnome-like or other demonic or ghostly appearance. Other it's also, examples it's also of a
3: lame Batman. Yeah, I am Bootsman. I'm here to <laughs> uh save you from the Jokers. <laughs> I am the Bootsman.
2: It reminds it reminds me of um it reminds me of the old GI Joe cartoon where it was like they would get a call and he would say, I am the Viper. <laughs> I will be there on Friday. And then they <laughs> all like scramble to get stuff to ready for, to, for the Viper and it's like, then he calls on, I am the Viper, I am coming tomorrow and then, you know, then he finally shows up and he's like, I am the Viper I am here to Vosh and Viper windows
3: mm-hmm. yeah, there's a similar version of that and one of the scary stories to tell in the dark books that talk about the Viper yeah.
2: so, um the uh, Gnome-like uh, oh, okay it, it, um <laughs> Also known as the Dark Man, uh, an inhuman creature with hides in the dark corners, under the bed or in the closet, and carries children away. Not to be confused um, with
3: Liam Neeson, the Dark Man.
2: Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a there's apparently a children's game called Verhat angst vorm Schworn Mann, which is basically translates to "Who is afraid of the Boogeyman?" Mm. So I Don't. wonder if that's.
3: Don't play that game.
2: I, I wonder if I wonder if that's like the German version of uh, of uh, you know the candyman Man thing mm-hmm. where you have to
3: you know. I know now. Turn, I want man. This lights. is why I wish I had my brother Dustin on speed dial and available twenty four hours, so I could just call him and talk to him about anything like Middle European there.
2: <laughs> I feel like we need the uh, the lifelines from from uh you know who wants to
3: be a millionaire
2: millionaire yeah (laughs) we gotta phone a friend (laughs) right Um, so getting into some other examples here of uh, boogeyman around the world in Afghanistan the Madar Aal is a nocturnal hag that slaughters infants in their cribs and invoked to frighten children into obedience yeah uh, burning the seeds of the wild brew and fumigating the area around the baby will often offer protection against her. Uh, in Albania, the Bubba or Bubba B-U-B-A, is a serpentine monster.
3: Okay, um, I got, I got it, I got it. You, you know the story about our old friend. We'll just call him Nathan. And uh, about the time him and I went to Toys R Us, and there was uh, an albino guy that was the uh, bagger there. And uh, yeah. as we were leaving, I was just like, "Man, Nathan, I'd I'd never seen. I mean, this guy was your classic albino. He had the red eyes, the white hair. Um, I'd yep. never seen anyone uh, fully fledged albino. And I was like, "Man, Nathan, did you see that albino?" And he looks at me and goes, "How did? How do you know that guy's from Albania?" And well, I was this just like, the, I'm done with you.
2: <laughs> this is the same guy that, that, when he found out that somebody wanted to be an engineer, was questioning why they would want to drive trains for a long They
3: would want not... to drive trains, yeah.
2: Not that there's anything wrong with driving trains. It's, Nothing. I mean, there's a lot of Especially stuff. Especially high on
3: cocaine. For... You can do what you want, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I had to share that story because that's what I think of anytime I yeah. hear Albania. <laughs> every now. time
2: you Albania. Uh, i always think about the um uh, dilbert cartoons cuz oh, there's a lot dilbert. of there's the the albanians mm-hmm. but, um, so also in albania is the gogol g o g o l and mm-hmm. it's a terrible giant that i've heard of that that's another good. one
3: i've heard of before this, these almost just being and d and d that's <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why Well they
2: just steal them They just steal them from the lore
3: so. Yeah how did you spell that uh, G-O-G-O-L
2: Yep Wow Uh, There's the Lubia Which well, is a female dirty. demon <laughs> Yeah uh, well, that's,
3: that's close point. to Labia yeah.
2: I, w- I which wonder is if a fem- it's connected I wonder The uh, female demon Is an insatiable appetite for the flesh Of children especially girls she has many heads from seven to a hundred. And like the Greek hydra is one head is severed and the others will grow in its place. God, oh, that's cool. Um, I'm going to skip around here a little bit. In Belize, the Tata du Indi.
3: <laughs> so the booby man. <laughs> it's Tata's, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Is a, is a mythical Goblin described as being a small stature with a beard, wrinkles, backwards feet and a large brimmed hat. And we, lacking
3: ugh,
2: and lacking thumbs.
3: Oh, no thumbs. That's so weird. No thumbs. And this is this is cool because it's like I'm sitting here thinking like man, people people that are making new books and movies and stuff like that. Oh, like, I know. Stop using all the same thing. Just looking up bogeyman around the world. We found so many cool ass monsters that would be amazing in these movies. Yeah.
2: Like this thing right here with the no thumbs. I mean, could you imagine it's like,
3: Oh yeah. yeah. There's no rubbing your back there. That's for sure. <laughs> good back scratcher though. Um,
2: yeah. Good back scratcher with his long nails. Um, Let's see, is protector of the forests and animals and was used to scare children from going out to play at night or going into the jungle. Um, in Bosnia uh, and Serbia and North Macedonia, the boogeyman is called Babaroga. Go ahead.
3: Well, well, I was just gonna say something. that's close to Baba Yaga. I wonder if they're re- if they're related at all, like a male female version. Oh.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, baba meaning old woman. Yep. And rogo- Rogovia meaning horns, literally meaning old woman with horns.
3: Interesting.
2: Uh, the the details vary from one household to another, in one version, Baba Roga takes children, puts them in a sack, and then when it comes to its cave, it eats them. And another version, it takes children and pulls them up through tiny holes in the ceiling.
3: Mm. I mean, some of that's similar to Baba Yaga, um, which is Russian, uh, for the most part, Eastern European Russian. Um, if you're not familiar with Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga is the witch that had the house that was on chicken legs. It was that yeah. would run around with chicken legs and stuff. And, yeah, she would steal children and put them in a sack and, and stuff like that, too. So, yeah, I bet you... You know, because uh, you're looking at very close parts very of close, Europe, yeah, but different enough for them to be like different, but maybe have come from the same root somewhere.
2: Yeah. Um, in Brazil and Portugal, a monster more akin to the boogeyman is called Bico Papoia. That's my best guess, or Eating Beast, mm, um, that sounds or cool. or Soranco which means deep-voiced man. Uh, a notable difference between it and the homum de saco is the later, latter is a daytime menace and the bako papayo is a nighttime menace. Um, another important difference is the homum de saco or Sackman usually kidnaps children who go to places without parents' authorization, while the biko papayo scares 90 children and hides under the beds, closets, or roofs. Mm. Um, this next one we talked about when we did our uh, our uh, talking about Native American lore, and this is an Inuit uh, mythology. There is a shape-shifting creature called the Illajrak that kidnaps children to hide them away and abandon them. Like, if again, the children again! Can-
3: how are there all these stories about a creature that kidnaps bad children? Like it had right. to start somewhere. It couldn't be like all parents through time were like, "We need to use a story to scare the shit out of our kids so they stay in bed." Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like... Um,
0: <sighs>
2: this the the last the last part of this one is is close to something. So I'll I'll, I'll touch on that when we get there. So um, the children can convince the to let them go, they can use the Inukshuk of, this, of stone to find their way home.
3: That I've heard. Also,
2: also from Inuit mythology is the Kualapalik, which we, I know we talked about that, mm-hmm. which are human, human-like creatures with long fingernails, green skin, and long hair that live in the sea.
3: Man, that's creepy. It, it it almost makes me think of that scene in uh, Two Towers or Return of the King where uh, Frodo falls into that lake with all the dead folk, yeah. <laughs> like in that pond yeah. or whatever. That's what that just reminded me of.
2: Well, what this reminds me of is the <clears throat> the thought that um, the whole like uh, Evansville the you know, claw Beast oh the, the Clawed
3: Beast oh my god yes yes for sure
2: so what, it's, what is interesting here is that they carry babies and children away in their amulet which is the you know the sack that goes in the back with an would mm-hmm. use um, if they disobey their parents and wander off alone the qualapelic adopt the children and bring them to live with them underwater <laughs>
3: And that's how Atlantis was started. Yeah. And what if that was? What if, I mean, you know, oh, yeah. what if that's where that well, comes from? What if there's an underwater city, Atlantis, you know, so to speak, or something like that, or mermaids and things like that? Yeah. And, you know, like that's where some of these legends came from.
2: Well, it kind of like, you know, it even goes back to this is a little more of a Star Wars reference, but the Mandalorian, the Foundlings. Mm hmm. It's almost like these were abandoned children, right? Yeah. so we're going to take you and, and make you one of us that's cool so um, a couple more that I want to touch on and and then I, I know this is a long running one um, so in Egypt I'm going to do my best here the Abu Rigal Mashulaka which translates good. to man with burnt leg
3: <laughs> one one leg is burnt <laughs> um
2: is a very scary story that parents tell their children when they misbehave the man with burnt skin with burnt leg is a monster that got burnt when he was a child because he did not listen to his parents he grabs naughty children to cook and eat them <sighs> that's frightening um there are so many from England, so I'm only gonna. Oh, take a I'm
3: sure. I mean, about. that's where I've known every legend of the boogeyman came from me from England. So, like I said, um, it's all just saying the same thing, uh, is essentially yep. the idea here, you know, so we don't because we don't need to spend time and just talking about similar damn things, but there's a million of them. Yeah, Google boogeyman oh, yeah. around the world and see what <laughs> you'll find. That's what I've been doing the whole time we've been talking, and it's like, oh my god.
2: So a couple of things that, that I'll mention here. One, and, and I, and I mention these because I think they, again, relate back to things we've already been talking about in previous episodes. So in Yorkshire uh, children who were also warned that they were naughty, the great black bird would come and carry them away. Ooh, which is awesome.
3: Uh, like the opposite, if you think about it, from the white stork that carries them to their home.
2: Well, also great black bird is what the people at Point Pleasant actually referred to the creature they were seeing, not Mothman. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, it, that's
3: right. It was a newspaper call th- that called it Mothman yeah. because of Batman.
2: Right. Um, let's see. Pick another one here. Uh, in Finland, uh, the equivalent of the Man in Finland is Morco. The most famous uses of the word these days takes place in Moomin stories, originally written in Swedish, in which Morco... The grok is a large, frightening, dark blue ghost-like creature. The children's game, which I am not going to attempt to try to pronounce, for, translates to "Who's Afraid of Black Peter?" was also commonly played among children through the 1960s and 70s, especially in urban settings as a backyard game, uh, much like "Who's Afraid of the Boogeyman."
3: Mm. And there we go, like Black Peter we mentioned <laughs> earlier. So yeah. a- again, synchronicity.
2: Yep. Yeah. And then the last one that I want to mention here, and this one I say because it is uh, really close to something that we've talked about again in the past, um, and that is from um, Malta, the Kalka, or sometimes pronounced as the Galgal with the G was a gray, slimy creature that roamed the streets at night. It could smell a person's guilt into their homes through the cracks and fissures by extending and contracting its snail-like body. Once it was inside their rooms, it would flash them a nasty grin with its huge, toothless mouth, scaring them witless.
3: Yep, that would do it.
2: That right there would make a horror fine movie.
3: It it almost reminds me of Lair of the White Worm, but they had big teeth, so man, it's just it's interesting (laughs) because uh Lance and I recorded a show for Misters of the Dark recently talking about the top five things that scared us when we were younger that aren't meant to be scary. And so there's you know like one of his for example was Willy Wonka on the chocolate factory right and so it's just interesting some of the things that we talked about and how god they could fit these legends <laughs> like it's it's yeah. just it's weird how it all ties together in my life
2: so and i mean there are probably 50 or 60 more that i didn't even talk, talk
3: about. Oh yeah it's the same thing when we when we talked about the night hags, you know, two years ago with Brad, it's we had to do a two-part episode and we still didn't cover them all. Like, I mean, there was so, I mean, we could have hit every single country and every single culture to talk about night hags. So, yeah. Yeah. The boogeyman. So, is but one, I mean, like the, I said, one of the most famous scary things yeah. because every kid is scared of the boogeyman.
2: Right, and then of course, if you're a John Wick fan, then you hear that a lot too. So.
3: Yeah, so very, very interesting. Man, do you have anything else on that? So just,
2: you know, a a closing comment to say that, again, two things. One, um, the similarities between all these different creatures uh, in lore across the globe is just, I mean, it's mind-boggling. Like like we've talked about, the separation of people, yet the similarities in their creatures. Mm -hmm. Does is there some real entity right that is the muse for those for those stories um and then number two just kind of getting back to our whole thing about looking at stuff holistically you know if you were to take all of these various lore sightings break down their descriptions into their you know most basic pieces like their height, their color, their skin tone, their features, all that kind of stuff, and put it all together. And then you compare that with like Sasquatch sightings and ghost sightings and so on. I wonder how many commonalities would be found with all of the different types of creatures that we you know that that, that exist in lore. So
3: a lot. Um, And my little closing thing that I wanted to tell you is that the Baba Roga and the Baba Yaga are indeed very, very similar. And in fact, the Baba Roga was the inspiration for the old witch woman in Snow White that the queen turned into. She was turning into and I don't know if in Brothers Grimm, if she turns into an actual Baba Roga, but in uh, in the Disney movie that she was inspired by the legend of Baba Roga. Interesting. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, another thing was Baba Yaga, because um, Baba in some of those countries means grandmother, and then Yaga kind of means witch, so it was kind of like grandmother witch. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> so um, so it kind of fits that, because she's always old, even with Baba, Raga, Baba Roga, so... Very, very interesting that uh, something for everyone fun to learn that the uh, the so, version of the evil witch was based off of Baba Roga <laughs> and Snow White, yeah. So,
2: I mean, this was a really good one for me to do tonight and then you know, try to go to sleep. Although, I'm not a child, so hopefully, I'm safe. So,
3: well, if you do not fall asleep, Josh, I'm gonna tell you right now that uh that the boogeyman is going to come get you and he's going to be like boogaboo. <laughs> booga, booga, booga. <laughs> all right well thank you for sharing all of that wonderful information um it has got me lit on some Boogeyman lore. I've been looking at images of Boogeymans and Babarogas and all kinds of stuff that I wanna make for computer wallpaper. So very, very cool. Uh, But of course we gotta get out of here, you know, because time is limited and you know, that's just the way it be. So uh, we want to quickly just remind everyone um, to send in your listener stories to us because we want your stories. That's how we roll. Um, send in those listener stories to fearscapepodcast at gmail.com or PM us or direct message us, tweet us on all of our social medias, whatever you got to do, send us those stories. And we've been getting some and it's been kind of cool. Um, but the story that I want to read for you comes from a listener named Becky. And this is B-E-K-I. I always love interesting spellings. So um, Becky sent us a listener story. And uh, she is from Florida. And uh, this week will be, again, portrayed by me um, because I've kind of been getting these at the last minute. So I haven't had a chance with, you know, all the stuff that I've been doing to get uh, actors, except for, you know, Sarah a couple weeks back and stuff. So anyways, this is uh, Becky's listener story, and it's a good one. So one of the posts a few weeks ago on the Fearscape Media Network fan page was about the scariest thing you had ever seen or felt. Well, my answer is this. It was six years ago to the day, and it's something that is still as clear in my mind as the day it happened. And don't get me wrong, I'm used to activity. It's surrounded me my entire life. I'm not one to be frightened, but that way was an entirely new experience for me. You see, I haven't had the chance to go through any cemeteries here in Florida where I live now, but there are a lot of well-known paranormal areas I'd like to experience when I can find the time. But a few years back in 2014, my husband and I were checking out local cemeteries in Leavenworth, Lansing, Kansas. We came upon one that was not on the map. And one day we decided to go ahead and stop and check it out. I've always loved walking through cemeteries. I find them calming and peaceful, but something felt off that day as we walked around. My husband and I walked around a bit, and he stopped for a moment near a tree, but I kept walking. I got maybe a hundred yards ahead of him and turned to say something to him, and all of a sudden, a shadow entity stood between us. The way that it glared at me, I've never been more scared in my entire life. And I'm telling you, almost nothing scares me. This was daylight, and there was no mistaking what I saw. I've seen plenty of them over the years, but never in direct daylight and never that close to me or interacting with me. It moved toward me. I turned and walked because I had recently been injured and couldn't, could not run, and I walked as fast as I could towards the car. My husband saw me and ran to meet me at the car. He, he asked me what was wrong, and I told him and said that we needed to get out of there now later we went back there a couple times but I never saw it or felt it again but I'll tell you what I've never forgotten the almost rotten taste of fear from that day and so again interesting that you're talking about shadow figures yet yours were peaceful and here's a shadow figure during direct sunlight that scared the absolute shit out of her and this is someone who loves ghosty stuff and loves paranormal and doesn't get scared yet this, this shook her to her core
2: yeah um I hope I don't have shadow figures like that uh, show up in my house. So right. well, I mean, and I—I uh, mean,
3: that's uh, a lot. What my night hags have been. I mean, we've had this conversation before, so I mean, it's just yeah, you know. And and again, is it your projection of the mind? Is it is it what it thinks you want to see it as? I don't know, but it's always when there's that attachment of that emotion that comes with it too, especially if you're an empath, like yeah. that you kind of have to trust it, you know, because you know the difference between your own fear and something causing you to have fear like there's some yep i don't know but i don't want to dwell on that but because you know you got to go to bed i don't want you to think about baba robert (laughs) (laughs) over there dating the shadow figure um but again thank you becky uh thank you for listening and thank you for sharing um, and again, send your listener stories to us. And uh, you know, before we wrap up, you know, Josh, there's something that you still want for Christmas, for your birthday, for all of the stuff. What is that?
2: I would love some um, podcast reviews. It would be fantastic. Yep. And 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 in fact, um, I'm going to make it easy on you. Um, there's a website that we're going to that we, we want to try to funnel our podcast reviews through uh, it's called pod chaser uh, they do a lot of good uh, um, uh, feedback to various locations for uh, podcast ratings and i know that they have a podcast review feature you do not need to have an account to rate a podcast so if you go to fearscapepodcast.com slash review it'll link you to the podchaser site for fearscape paranormal podcast and you can review the podcast right there no trying to figure out what your no listening site uses <laughs> you know not, none of that kind of stuff just go to slash review and that'll take you directly to a place where you can review the podcast it's really simple uh it takes maybe a couple of minutes at most And that'll really, uh, really help us out. It helps move us up in kind of the ratings and the rankings Mm -hmm. and a lot of the, the, uh, the podcast um, uh, lists that are distributed around the, around the world. And the the better that we move up in the ratings and the rankings, the the more that uh, people listen to us and we get to continue to bring you know, continue to bring you guys the awesome content that we love to bring you. So
3: absolutely. And, you know, if you don't want to go there, remember you still can review on places like Apple podcasts and stuff like that. And a quick reminder, we talked about this a few weeks back, but if you do, if you give us a solid, good review or hell, just a review, we'll take it. Um, we will send you a free sticker. So, you know, make sure to, you know, especially if you're using the uh, fearscape slash review, um, that allows us to see it right away. So hit us up, PM us to let us know you did a review and we'll go ahead and send you a free sticker, man. We've got some really cool stickers that are out there and we want to we wanna incentivize you guys reviewing for us uh, to thank you for all that you do and all that stuff. So, um, But yeah, so get out there, fearscapepodcast.com. Check out all the stuff we have. You can submit a sighting on there as well. Also, don't forget fearscapemedia.com where you can check out all the other podcasts that we've got going on and everything that's happening. the so much goodness is happening. Hell, if you've got a podcast or you've got a podcast idea and you're looking for a network, Hit us up. We are on. We are looking for new podcasts right now to join the Fearscape Media Network. So send us your idea or send us a uh, copy of your favorite episode of your show, and we can talk and uh, go from there. But anyways, Josh, I'm done talking because I want to get you out of here. Okay, Baba Yaga, Baba Roga, uh, Joe Rogan, Seth Rogan, they're all waiting for you. <laughs> so um, I want to get out of here. But thank you guys so they're much all for tuning poker. in. They are all playing poker, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. We love you guys so, so much. And this has been Stefan, and I will catch you on the flip side. This has been Josh. The truth is out there. And remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight, because when you're listening to Fearscape, things tend to get spooky. Good night, everybody. Good night.
0: I'm so glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. I hope they didn't frighten you too much. (laughs) Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets. That you hold them extra tight. Next time on the escape. <laughs>